Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Dukes. Last week, scientists in Belgium tested a cat who'd been exposed to coronavirus and was having trouble breathing. And sure enough, the cat was COVID-19 positive. This was the first time a cat was known to contract the coronavirus. Scientists weren't even sure it was possible. Since then, a second cat tested positive in Hong Kong. Now, with hundreds of millions of dogs and cats living in close proximity to humans, the question of whether pets contract and spread the virus is important. Yvette Johnson-Walker is a professor of veterinary studies at the University of Illinois, and she says pet owners have expressed concerns. Can their dogs or cats transmit the virus to them? Can they infect their dogs or cats, and are they susceptible? People have asked Curious City similar questions, and one person also asked whether somebody would be allowed to care for her cats if she needed to be hospitalized with COVID-19. Would they languish in the house or end up in a cage somewhere in quarantine? The answers are complicated, but I think we can put some fears to rest. First of all, scientists say the risk of transmission between humans and pets is very low. There is very, very little evidence that pets can either get the new coronavirus or transmit it. This is science journalist David Grimm. He points out apart from the two cats, two dogs have also tested positive, and that's it. Scientists believe there could be more cases since they don't test that many animals. But because their cell biology is different from humans, scientists suspect that even when cats and dogs get it, the virus has a harder time invading their cells and using them to replicate more virus. So the current scientific thinking suggests cats and dogs with COVID-19 are less contagious than humans. However, the virus might be able to survive on pets' skin and fur, where it could spread to other people. So experts say, be careful if you're sick. Isolate yourself from your pet. So if you have another caregiver in the house that's not positive, you allow that caregiver to interact with the pet. And if you must interact with your pet, really limit that interaction. No hugging, no kissing. Grimm says birds, reptiles, and fish are even less likely to get COVID-19 since their biology is so different from ours. And since we don't tend to cuddle our house snakes. Okay, that other question we got, say your neighbor gets sick and needs to be hospitalized, can you care for their pets in the meantime? I would not go directly into the home. Dr. Yvette Walker-Johnson again. I would work in coordination with the health department and make sure that they know that the pets are there so that they can provide the appropriate guidance. The thing is, if somebody is sick with COVID-19, your local city or county health department will be working the case. And part of that work is safely taking care of animals in your home, usually with help from local animal control. Again, people aren't likely to get sick from being near the animals. It's what else is in the home. It's all those other surfaces that they'd have to contact in order to feed the pet. So if you have pets at home, make a plan. Designate a friend or relative who can take care of them for a while if you get hospitalized. And be sure to let your caregivers know. The local health department and animal control will likely involve them in the plan to safely care for your pets. Now, there is a chance our pets might catch something else from us. Anxiety. David Grimm again. Our female cat, Jezebel, has 
been having diarrhea, <laughs> but my wife is convinced it's because we've all been kind of cooped up and stressed out that she's picking up on that. Uh, poor Jezebel. A Chicago vet told me she's seeing lots of pets with signs they're absorbing their owner's anxiety. So if you can take some deep breaths, take a walk, do some stretching, learn a new song, it might not just help you, it may help your animal friends endure the corona crisis as well. And that is our answer to the questions we got about pet safety. However, people are thinking about pets a lot these days. So many people are working from home, sheltering in place, and apart from possibly making our animal friends anxious, a lot of us are relying on pets to keep our spirits up. Our friends at the Nerdette podcast recently asked some of their listeners to talk about their animal friends, and we wanted to share that with you here. Here's the host, Greta Johnson, explaining. So one of my favorite things about the kind of mini series that we're doing right now in Nerdette's Introvert's Guide to the Good Life is we are hearing a lot from listeners. And I think now is such a great time to sort of remind folks that we're kind of like all in this together from a socially acceptable distance. So here is a montage we made recently of listeners talking all about their pets and how helpful their pets have been during these very strange times. Greetings, my name is Lauren Powers and I live in Winter Garden, Florida. Hey Greta, this is Sonia, your cousin, calling from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, Nerdette listeners, it's co-host Emeritus Trisha Bobita. This is Laura in Washington, and like many four-year-olds, my son is very into doing things by himself right now, and he recently learned he can pick up our cat and move him places, and it's very exciting. Letting you know that something pretty awesome happened this weekend, because I think we could all use a bit of awesome news. My awesome news is that I got a dog. Her name is Leslie Nope. We have two fantastic rescue mutts. Rufus is a four-year-old, 90-pound, gentle giant who doesn't believe in size restrictions for lap dogs. I am finding comfort in spending time with my little kitty, Lucy. Gracie is a two-year-old bundle of muscles and energy who enjoys long walks and wrestling with Rufus. Leslie, would you like to say hello? Leslie, can you hear her sniffing? She's not barking, which is good. She is shaking, though, if you heard that, because she's a good dog. They both came from Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando, a shelter that made national news for sorting the animals according to Pogwarts houses, including Griffin Dog, Ravenpaw, Huffle Fluff, and Slobberin. He often will pick up the poor unsuspecting cat and put him outside. Gracie and Rufus are both Huffle Fluffs. That's what's getting us through the quarantine, he says picking up the cat and putting him outside so that he's not too meowy. But I'm also really enjoying seeing all the dogs out getting walked when I'm out and about walking around and also seeing people's cats in their windows. And I hope that you're all doing okay working from home, parenting from home, whatever you're doing from home. I hope you're home and safe. Hope you're doing fine. Thanks for everything and be well. Thanks for doing the podcast. Love you. Dogs of the world really are winning right now, right? Trisha, you are absolutely correct. The dogs of the world are winning. 
Another fascinating phenomena of this global pandemic is, I don't know if y'all have friends who have done this, but my grad school friend Jillian and her husband John have finally decided that now is the time to get a puppy. So here's John talking about it. Hey, this is John from the district. Uh, I'm calling in today because uh, I was finally able to trick my wife uh, after eight years of being together uh, into getting a puppy uh, during this uh, shelter-in-place period. Uh, a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the reason why. Um, but anyway, like, Young Barry is a beautiful golden doodle. Uh, I can't say how much I love him. But anyway, like, I think he is a complete and total weirdo. He is afraid of all black plastic bags, be they, uh, you know, just from a corner store or, you know, a gigantic uh, tree bag. He's also afraid of baby strollers, carts, and the red jump bikes. Cannot be near them at all. He's a very strange boy, but we love him and we will probably keep him. So all of that was from a recent episode of Nerdette, and after hearing it, I started wondering about Greta and her animals. I've met her corgi, Scout, and I know that Scout can be a little anxious. And you know, a couple of vets did say our cats and dogs might be picking up on their humans' anxieties. So I wanted to ask Greta if that was happening with her animals as she worked from home. So we chatted, and of course recorded ourselves remotely. So Greta, what terminology do you use? Are you a dog and cat mom, a, a pet owner? Uh, I appreciate that question very much. I don't really like the mom thing. I don't think of them as my children. They did not come out of my body. I didn't grow them inside of me. Um, they're, I don't know, I guess they're almost closer to like roommates or like just buddies. I think maybe my favorite terminology is actually just that I'm their person. You are their person. Yeah, I'm totally their person. Yeah, like a thousand percent, that is correct. So one thing I know about Scout is that I don't know if you would agree with this, but even in normal circumstances, she might have, like many of us, some anxiety that she's dealing with. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, I have her on Instagram under the handle Anxious Corgi. So you're not the first person to say it. Um, she's scared of a lot of stuff like kids and strollers and basketballs and rolling suitcases. Um, anyone who's like extremely overeager to like meet and touch her, she's super wary of that. So yeah, she's very well behaved, but she's pretty high strung, I would say. And do you feel like she is picking up on any of the anxiety of the moment right now? I think she is not at all. No, like hmm. I think of anything, she's like, oh, how great that you're just here all the time and we can go on more walks and we're hanging out, you know, like. She's taken to sitting under the desk where I work all day, which has been really oh. wonderful. And yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of like the amazing solace of having pets right now, in addition to just having the company, if you live alone like I do. But it's the fact that they have no clue that there's a global pandemic, you know? Like, she still needs to eat two meals a day and go out several times and have a nice walk. And like, that's it. So do you think that helps you, um, you know, be socially distant and working from home? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're still company, you know, mm -hmm. and like, I still wouldn't mind a hug now and then. But like, they're it's really they're really wonderful creatures. You could probably. Around. Well, I don't know if you can train either of your animals to hug. That's. Yeah. I mean, the corgi legs are not optimized. <laughs> they're for not that. great hugging legs. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a Great Dane would be a better hugger <laughs> or a German totally. Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. You need something with sort of similar like proportions to humans, I think. <laughs> so tell me about your other animal. My other animal is I have a cat named Seth and I like to describe him as a monster. He's like super aggressive. <laughs> like I can't really touch him most of the time or he'll try to scratch or bite me. I like to describe him as a gray fluff. He's like sort of medium hair. He's not like super mm. puffy. And yeah, he's like a he's a scrappy cat. I got him when he was a kitten from a trailer in this town called North Pole which is uh, 13 miles south of my hometown of Fairbanks, Alaska. There's like actually a place called North Pole. That's where all the letters to Santa go. And uh, and yeah, that's where Seth is from. So he's like a scrappy Alaska like trash cat, essentially. <laughs> How is he doing in terms of the COVID crisis? He's fine. I do think there have been a couple times since I've been working from home where I'll like turn around and he'll just be staring at me from a couple feet <laughs> away. Um, which is a little unsettling. And I'm sort of like, dude, are you like plotting against me right now? And I was joking with a friend <laughs> that he's like deeply skeptical that I'm actually working and he's concerned yeah. about paying rent. He's like, seriously though, <laughs> like, shouldn't you be gone by now? But, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's actually going to be really hard for them when I go back to work. How do you think you'd be doing if it weren't for the pets right now? I think it would be a lot harder. Um, hmm. And I hate to like, you know, I have a lot of friends who don't have pets and who kind of wish their life circumstances were different, that they could have pets. And so I, you know, I try not to be like, I, I try to acknowledge my own privilege and the fact that I do have these animals in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're always like the fact that I live alone, but I still have someone to come home to, you know, is just like has always been really helpful. But I think now, especially when it's so easy to feel so isolated. It's mm -hmm. just really wonderful to have like two distinct, strange personalities around who don't worry about keeping their distance, you know? Yeah. One of the things I noted, it's not at all scientific, but in a relatively small sample of voices, there are two people who seem to have been prompted by this crisis to acquire an animal, animal including <laughs> Trisha. Yes. Um, that seems like, you know, maybe that's a thing right now. Maybe maybe people are feeling that loneliness and making the choice to adopt a animal friend. Um, yeah, well, I think in both cases, at least the anecdotes of the people who called into internet, I mean, both of them are friends of mine. They had always been thinking about it. Um, yeah. But I think there are a lot of extra good reasons to like maybe become a pet owner now. Um, and one of them is the company. The other is like if you're home all day, what a great time to train a puppy, you know, or yeah. to like figure like get to know a dog before just like having to leave them at home for hours on end while you're at work, you know. And so, yeah, I think, too, like. This is also anecdotal, but I've also had two coworkers ask me if I wanted to be, if I was able to be a reference for them, uh, filling out applications to foster pets, which I think is another really lovely thing. Like, especially, you know, if you've never had a pet before and you're not necessarily in a position, you know, you work too much normally, but now that you are home, you're like in a new space where you could try that out and just kind of see if it's a good fit. Like, I think that 
also is just super cool. And like what a great way to sort of volunteer your help during like such an unmooring and strange time, you know? Maybe I should do that. Um, I, actually, <laughs> I had a feeling the way you said, hmm, I was like, I bet Jesse Dukes is about to do this. <laughs> yeah, you, you got me thinking. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's just like, I definitely think I derive like enhanced meaning from life because I am taking care of something that isn't me and my mm -hmm. needs, you know? Mm -hmm. And they totally like provide for me too in different ways, but... Yeah, I think they're extremely helpful and sort of just like helping get me out of myself, you know? Yeah. Well, Greta, thank you for joining us today on the Curious City podcast. It's been great talking with you. Hey, thank you, Jesse. The Nerdette podcast has responded to the COVID crisis with an ongoing series of episodes they're calling The Introvert's Guide to the Good Life. As Greta puts it, it's all about helping people make the best of this very strange, very indoor situation. So there are interviews and recommendations about enriching things to do at home. Check out Nerdette at wbez.org slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Thanks to Joe Dassault and Isabel Carter for help this week. Curious City is edited by Alexandra Solomon. Monica Eng is usually our reporter, although she's on loan to the WBEZ newsroom these days. Catherine Nagasawa and Mackenzie Crossan are both working on our digital stories. Manea Dominic is our intern. Music this week by Big Lazy. I'm Jesse Dukes. And one more thing, in order to focus on COVID-19 coverage, WBEZ canceled its spring pledge drive, but we do rely on listeners like you for 60% of our funding. So if your income is still intact, please consider giving at wbez.org slash donate. And if you're already a member, consider upping your monthly contribution. Every dollar counts. Stay safe, thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.